0: All right, glad you're with us. Now, don't you can't buy the media hype. They didn't even get to 10 million uh, in last night's debate. Do you know what the numbers were of people watching Republicans back at this time in 2015? There was there was 24 million people. This is not this is not anything near. Linda, i just saying something. This is nothing near what happened in the Trump years and the phenomenon and who is going to replace Barack Obama. Now, I'm, I'm just saying that because everybody's all jazzed. Oh, the, the Democratic debate. They'll probably get a few more viewers tonight. Fine. That's OK. We're just going to follow it. And let me make one big standard correction before we get into our deep analysis today of all of this and the crazy stuff involved in all of this. And... There are no moderates on that stage last night, and no moderates will be on the stage tonight. And anybody that tries to tell you that there's any moderates running for president on the Democratic Party ticket is just lying to you. Now, some are saying, well, we can't afford everything in the Green New Deal, but we can afford a lot of it. And the idea that they're saying that to me is just, wow, it's they all support a version of the Green New Deal. None of them is talking about free market solutions for healthcare. None of them is talking about tax cuts, energy independence, ending burdensome bureaucracy. All of them want to raise taxes all of them want to raise taxes, the top marginal rate, significantly on both individuals and corporations, as high as 70% for individuals, 90% for corporations. That is not a moderate Democrat. Those are all radical, extreme socialist Democrats. And by the way, and one big thing that is fascinating to me, and it was on FoxNews.com today you know about the debate and you know fake news cnn has led the way along with you know the rest of these networks out there every major network the three broadcast networks and then of course you've got conspiracy tv msdnc and 3 years of lies but fake news cnn they they're one of the most that one of the primary culprits in advancing lies and conspiracy theories and a hoax for two and a half years. And even after Mueller's testimony before the two House committees last week, which was a disaster, Uh, And it's all over in spite of a few straggly little Democrats claiming we're still going to impeach him anyway just because he takes a breath every day, not for any high crime or misdemeanor or nothing to do with Russia, 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 Russia. I mean, I think the worst offenders of spreading the talking points for the Democratic Party are on fake news CNN. Anyway, it was a disaster. Everybody knew it was a disaster. They had a few people even on their network that snuck in. It was a disaster, but that was a big mistake. I'm sure they probably were suspended for weeks and weeks at a time, having actually uh, momentarily slipped into a moment of of truth. Um, But you watch them, but they ignored the whole Mueller situation. How do you ignore all of that? And we do have news that we're going to get to in the next hour, which is pretty interesting. I had not known this before. And that is that the FBI actually went to James Comey's house to get documents that were illegally stored there. Remember the memos that he wrote about Donald? You're not allowed to take them out of his office in the FBI. He had copies at his house and apparently they went there and they retrieved the documents and apparently interrogated Comey. And, uh, well, let's just put it this way. I have little birdies in my ear all the time. That, that is the low-hanging fruit in terms of the exposure that Jim Comey is ultimately going to have. Linda, you remember the first day I said it. I said, Jim, Jimbo, Mr. Comey, Mr. Super Patriot, uh, you have the right to remain silent. I tweeted it out myself. And I suggest you invoke that right. And he's been out there bragging about setting up General Flynn. He's been out there saying we don't spy, but we now know he signed three of the FISA applications. We know he was warned that the FISA warrants he was about to sign were not verified, bought and paid for by Clinton. And, of course, unverifiable because not even Steele stands behind them. And that Steele had an agenda. He was warned numerous times at least two specific warnings that we know about. And then, of course, he signed them anyway. When you sign a FISA warrant, you're verifying that the information is true to the best of your ability. And you have verified and corroborated the veracity of what you have presented to the FISA court judges. But because this was all premeditated on his part, and because he had the warnings on his part, and even before he was fired, we learned in the last two weeks that, After the after Donald Trump became president, the FBI actually had a spreadsheet and it examined Hillary's dirty Russian dossier. And they realized that 90 percent of plus percent of it was false. And then they kept signing these these documents with the bulk of information being the FISA warrants. Anyway, um, CNN doesn't even touch this issue of Robert Mueller's testimony. Largely ignored. Why? Because that was a disaster. Now, the analysis of all of this that I've been hearing ever since. Oh, before I get to that, can we play a flashback? Because with all the talk about Donald Trump, Donald Trump has done the city of Baltimore the biggest favor ever. Donald Trump has now focused attention on one of the worst, most violent cities in the country. And by the way, what's happening, we sent Lawrence Jones to Detroit. We showed some of that last night. I mean, Detroit has been decimated, just like Pelosi's own district in San Francisco's decimated. And you've got literally people shooting up heroin and dying in the streets one mile from her house in one direction, one mile from her office in the other direction. And then they got a little problem because there are no facilities and they're just dumping needles all over the streets. We've shown you the video and then of course they're urinating in public, defecating in public, and then of course when they defecate, they kinda leave the pile there and the stench is overwhelming and the feces is preventing anybody from ever wanting to go there. And the thirty million dollar speaker of the house and name only, well, hasn't had the wherewithal to go to a rich friends and her in her gated community a mile away from where all this is happening and say, hey, we need to build a facility to help the people out and give them a place to go to the bathroom and take a shower and, and maybe give them a little drug rehabilitation counseling and while we're at it, we can feed them. She hasn't thought of that. But that's happening in Los Angeles. These encampments are getting bigger and bigger. But the, Donald Trump's a racist. Now, he played the mayor of Baltimore saying at the time about the rats and the vermin we pointed out all the statistics about how it's the number one you know, murder capital in the country. By the way, twice as many as Chicago. Who would have known? We pointed out they're losing population. By the way, all of these liberal cities are losing population because nobody wants to pay the confiscatory taxes in this. Anyway, then we heard uh, from Obama himself on what happened. Bernie Sanders said it's a third world country. Well, guess what? We just happened to find an audio tape of Elijah Cummings himself calling Baltimore a drug-infested area from 1999.
1: This morning, I left my community of Baltimore, a drug-infested area, where a lot of the drugs that we're talking about today have already taken the lives of so many children. The same children that I watched
0: all right, we, we get 14, the point. Okay. It goes on. I don't have time. It's 2019. It's 20 years later. He called. He hasn't fixed the problem. Well, why do we keep electing the same liberal politicians that don't fix any problems? Because he hasn't done a single thing to the drug infested area that he's represented now for 24 years or whatever it happens to be at this particular time. I left my community of Baltimore, a drug infested area where a lot of drugs that we're talking about today have already taken the lives of so many children. All right, Linda wants to play the whole thing. Play the whole thing, play it in his own words.
1: This morning, I left my community of Baltimore, a drug infested area where well, a lot of the drugs that we're talking about today have already taken the lives of so many children. The same children that I watched 14 or 15 years ago as they grew up now walking around like zombies.
0: Oh, they're walking around like zo- 20 years ago, he said exactly what Trump said just last week, but Trump's a racist. Bernie Sanders isn't a racist. Elijah Cummings isn't a racist. The mayor of Baltimore at the time that said talked about the rats wasn't a racist. Uh Mayor Pugh at the time. No, it's only Donald Trump. Donald Trump, this is now a phenomenon. People are leaving, and this dovetails perfectly into last night's disastrous debate. And I I resent I can't I resent the hell out of people saying Oh, last night was about the moderates versus the extremists. There's not a moderate in the Democratic Party today. They don't exist. They are non-existent. And if you're talking about, well, I just I want to pay for, for, for just a little less does not make you a moderate. They all support higher taxes. They all support energy dependence. They all want and will create dependency. They all support a version of this insane new Green Deal. They all can't stand Donald Trump. The next election, which is going to be a tipping point for America election, this is going to be the biggest choice election in our lifetime. Now, either we're going to continue the progress of freedom and liberty and capitalism, or we're going to buy the lie of keep your doctor, keep your plan and save money on steroids and human growth hormone to every aspect of the economy. They're all making crazy predictions about the end of the world and life as we know it. And, you know, we saw that last night. O'Rourke was saying, Beto Bozo, uh, I listen to the scientists. We don't have more than 10 years to get this right. Or the genius, you know, the the prep school mayor, Mayor Buttigieg, uh, who can't even manage his own city. Science tells us we have 12 years before we reach the horizon of catastrophe when it comes to our planet. Well, if we only have 10 or 12 years, I say, let's screw it all. Let's all put our money in a pot and just keep throwing one big hell of a block party all nationwide, you know, long, from sea to Shining Sea, you know, north to south, east to west. We'll spend in, 10 boss. years partying. Do it.
2: I'm down. What, what,
0: why are we going to bother if it's over in 10 years? There's no point. If it's really over, let's go out with the biggest party in the history of man. Now, if we knew when the, when revelation was to occur, now the Bible tells you uh, at what hour, what time, no man knoweth but for the Father. Nobody knows. But you will see the evidence of, you know, diverse earthquakes and, and natural disasters and floods and, and man's inhumanity to man. The hearts of man shall grow cold, etc., cetera, et cetera. You know, I think at any point in history you can say, yeah, that looks like it's happening. But it's not going to be based on what they say. They all support the radical socialist redistributionist agenda. They all want to fundamentally transform America and take away everybody's fear and buy everybody's vote. They will do the opposite of what we are now doing that is actually working. So this idea that there's any moderates is one other big fat media lie after two and a half years of lying to us about Mueller. There's not a moderate up there. Name the moderate. Who was the moderate there? Because there there wasn't one. By the way, the Fed uh, cut uh, interest rates by a quarter as the economy, which is good news for the economy in my view. This Democratic, these Democratic hopefuls, there's not a moderate among them. Look at their Oh, you just come in for the candy. I understand the they look at their position on security of the borders. Look at their position on taxes. Look at their position on energy. Look at their positions on the new Green Deal. Look at their positions on foreign policy and reparations. It just goes on and on from there. If there is a winner last night and tonight, you can say in advance, it will be Donald Trump. Because America is seeing what the modern, extreme, radical Democratic Socialist Party looks like, you know. We live in a country where the president is advancing environmental racism, economic racism, criminal justice racism, health care racism. Okay, hate Trump. That's that's part one. Whoever wins the nomination, you know, and Buddha Judge is so whacked out. I mean. And I thought that Marianne Williamson was whacked out. You know, the psychic forces around Donald Trump. I'm like, okay, what's next? The seance? We're going to look into our little crystal ball and tell us what's happening in the future? Pete Buttigieg, the racial divide lives within me. Okay. Bernie Sanders, you know, he went after Claire, uh, Claire McCaskill using racial dog whistles. All right, we're going to break down everything, and, uh, but there, just understand this. They're not moderates versus the radicals. This is the radicals versus the more radicals. All right, glad you're with us. 25 now until the top of the hour. Um, Governor Mike Huckabee just announced he might be abandoning his support for Donald Trump. He just tweeted it out. He said, I might abandon my support of at real Donald Trump and go with Marianne Williamson. He said, I've already lit a candle, stoked a crystal, gotten a yoga pose, taken deep breaths, chanted out loud. And I'm I feel I'm feeling real love right now. She's got the groove. <laughs> I swear, Kylie showed that to me. I'm like, this is the funniest thing I've read all day. Ah, it is it is funny. Um, You know, uh, what's interesting is, uh, as you look, it's not. There is, this is not about moderates in the Democratic Party. There are no moderates in the Democratic Party. There is not a single moderate on that stage. There's not a single moderate among the 2020 presidential hopefuls. Not one. And when you look at the, let's look at the ratings. Back in, at this time, Republican debates with the 17, Donald Trump will remind you he was always in the middle because he was always on top in the polls. But at that time, it was 24 million people. And people were interested. And people were captivated by the fact that we've got to get out from under. What, if anything, it's the, it was the moderate socialism that was perpetrated on the American people by Biden and Obama. In retrospect, There's nothing Obama did for the economy, Biden did for the economy, that ended up working out well for we the people. Spreading the wealth around, and you didn't build that, is not an economic philosophy that encourages investment and the building of factories and manufacturing centers. You know, Donald Trump is talking to business and saying, why are you going to build your factory out of the country? What laws, what Burdensome regulation is preventing you from building your factories here. And then he'd eliminate such laws and burdens and regulations to allow the factories to be built. Now, the results speak for themselves. Uh, the, most of you that listen to this program, you know the statistics of Biden Obama. I won't repeat them, but we have 7 million new jobs that have been created in two and a half years. Whoever is the Democratic nominee is going to have to answer that question. There are 7 million fewer people on food stamps compared to the 13 million added by Biden and Obama and their socialist policies. Uh, There are millions of Americans out of poverty thanks to the Trump economic boom. I think the Fed's cutting uh, the rate by a quarter today. That's that's a good break for the economy and for the president. The president's been all over the Fed For the fact that they keep raising interest rates, something they never did to Biden and Obama. They just kept cutting them. And still it didn't help their economy. And, you know, I don't blame the Trump campaign for claiming after last night that the debate winner was Donald Trump. Because if if you're going to double down on Biden-Obama stupid that we know doesn't work, I don't think people's memories are actually that short. And, uh, you know, it, it, it look at where they want. Let's let's just take it issue by issue on taxes. They all want redistribution at a higher level. They think that you're under taxed, not over taxed. And they take it to an extreme level, depending which candidate it is. But it's somewhere around the 70 percent mark for uh, raising taxes, top marginal rates. Maybe it's 40 percent in some cases. Maybe it's 50 or 60 90% for corporations. Well, corporations don't pay taxes. People pay taxes. And corporations usually pass on the cost of any new cost of production or tax onto the consumer. That's just the facts. And on immigration, okay, well, they want illegal immigrants to have what? Health care? Who's going to pay for the health care? You're going to pay for the health care. We'll get to the immigration issue in a second. Most of the candidates want some major form of reparations. Okay? Okay. That is hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars that they're talking about on that issue. And we look at the issues, for example, on foreign policy, it scares the living daylights out of me. And even, you know, sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe, they they support some version of the new Green Deal. So if that's their agenda, you know, whatever they say, they think that they historically people would say a little bit, They go a little right or left, depending which party, and then race back to the middle for a general election. There's no racing off of the new Green Deal because you'll definitely lose your base. There is no backing off of free health care for illegal immigrants. How do you back away from that in a general election? You know, look at, for example... Uh, Beto Bozo, Jim Crow and suppression is alive and well in every aspect of the economy and in the country. So you got Bezo Bozo, Beto O'Rourke, basically saying that America is a racist country. Americans are not racist. There are racists within the country. Nobody likes them. It's not socially acceptable. Nobody likes them. Well, Donald Trump's a racist. Look at what he said about Baltimore. Well, Donald Trump, what he said about Baltimore is the same thing that Obama said, the African-American mayor said, and even Elijah Cummings said, which we played in the last half hour. And Warren saying we live in a country now where the president is... What does this even mean? Advancing environmental racism, economic racism, criminal justice racism, and healthcare racism. Well, the fact that it's the best employment situation in America since 1969, and the people that was so disproportionately negatively impacted by the Biden-Obama economic policies, the fact that we now have record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. Well, it sounds to me like the guy that called out Baltimore for being what Baltimore sadly has become and can be fixed if we ever cared enough if they ever, how did you spend $1.8 billion of stimulus money and waste 200 million of it, directed right at Baltimore and have nothing to show for it because you were spending a lot of it on environmental issues? Well, I would think it's good for the environment of Baltimore to get rid of the rats. Why don't we start there? Because we showed some of that video last night. But in terms of the economy, in terms of who's benefiting the most, well, clearly it is, you know, the Democrats claim to have a monopoly of compassion for all these demographic groups. But those demographic groups are doing great under the policies of Donald J. Trump. You know, Pete judge, the racial divide lives within me. OK, if you want to if you're a racist, get out of the race. You know, if that's how you feel about yourself and you believe, I don't know where that came from. I never thought he said as an urban mayor serving in a diverse community, by the way, he's doing a crappy job. Nobody in South Bend thinks he's a good mayor. And now he's off running for president, probably auditioning, you know, for writing a book and becoming an MS DNC contributor of some kind. But anyway, I'm not saying I became mayor and racism or crime and poverty ended on my watch. But in our city, we have to come together. We have come together repeatedly to tackle challenges. Systemic racism has touched every part of American life, from housing to health to home ownership. And it goes further. I mean, uh, the Bernie Sanders actually declaring that MSDNC, the extension of the Democratic National Committee and the number one conspiracy theory channel in America, Claire McCaskill, oh, you're using dog whistles. Remember, all during the Obama years, that was Chris Matthews' favorite term. Dog whistle, dog whistle, dog whistle. whistle. Anyway, Don Lemon says Trump voters prioritize the economy over the president's bigotry. Uh, No, the president's economic policies. These are facts that are indisputable. These are numbers that are real. We have record low unemployment for African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans and women in the workplace. That's, you know, and then, of course, the climate doomsday stuff, you know, Beto Bozo. Well, I listen to the scientists on this. Well, by the way, in spite of liberals saying it every day, there is not this universal opinion on climate change. And I've always told you that there is a massive, huge political um basis for all of this uh environmental hysteria that is out there remember in the 1970s the same liberals were telling us the earth was gonna burn up because of global warming well actually first they were claiming that we're heading into a new ice age that was in the 70s that was in time and newsweek then it was we're gonna burn up because of the environment then it just became a generic climate change for any because, well, we started having record cold years when it was supposed to be hot, record hot years when it was supposed to be cold. And they just said, all right will come up with a generic term, climate change. But it's all rooted in a political philosophy and ideology, which is that we man on this earth, that we're raping and pillaging the planet for profit and we're destroying all of our natural resources like trees. Well, trees happen to be a renewable resource we have more natural gas clean burning gas you know natural gas can actually be used to run your combustion engine amazing with just slight modifications not expensive and they want to retrofit every single home in america and then comrade de blasio saying well we we can't build buildings with metal and steel oh comrade de blasio has agreed apparently to come on hannity the tv show I know. By the way, smart move on his part to come on and I'll give him a lot of time. We'll have a good time Um, because the rest of these people that I've invited on, they didn't have the courage to say yes. So I'll be nicer to de Blasio. I'll ask him tough questions, but uh, I have a lot of questions for de Blasio. I mean, a real lot of questions. I hope he comes Uh, or or Mayor Pete science tells us we have 12 years. Well, if if Beto Bozo says 10 years to get it right and Ocasio-Cortez says 10 years. And Judge says 12 years. They're debating the two-year period themselves when we're doomed. Why don't we just have one big party and why don't we all just celebrate life uh, as we know it? Because it's all about to come to a crashing halt. You know, and then Ryan um, uh, and Sanders, Tim Ryan from Ohio, they're fighting over climate change solution. You don't have to yell at me. And then you have... You know, Marianne Williamson, according to all accounts, I'll use this Well, people are complaining about the Drudge Report poll. The Drudge Report poll was right every time during the during the Republican nominating process. All right. So we'll put that off to the side. But all right. Let's look at Google trending. Well, the number one most searched candidate last night was Marianne Williams. Number two was Crazy Bernie. Number three, Elizabeth Warren. Number four, Mayor Pete. They don't even know half these other people, the rest of them. When I follow politics at a pretty close level every day. Uh, But Williamson is talking about the dark, psychic forces of Donald Trump.
3: This is part of the dark underbelly of American society. The racism, the bigotry, and the entire conversation. That we're having here tonight If you think any of this wonkiness Is going to deal with this dark psychic force Of the collectivized hatred That this president is bringing up in this country Then I'm afraid that the Democrats Are going to see some very dark days We need to say it like it is It's bigger than Flint It's all over this country It's particularly people of color It's particularly people who do not have the money to fight back And if the Democrats don't start saying it Then why would those people feel that they're there for us And if those people don't feel it They won't vote for us And Donald Trump will win
0: well, how come? Wait, hang on a second. How come Biden and Obama didn't create millions and millions of jobs, even with the stimulus money, that saved cities like Baltimore, or San Francisco, or Los Angeles, or Detroit, or Chicago? How come they're so good at all of this? Well, what did they do with the eight years we gave them? And, you know, and Beto Bozo, I will not criminally prosecute people who cross the border. And then they start debating decriminalizing border crossings. And, of course, walls are immoral. And Donald Trump's a horrible person because he wants to have legal immigration. And that means we get to vet people who come into the country to make sure they're not extremists. Now, don't forget on health care, you know, well, they all want some version of Medicare for all. That, uh, how did it work out with keep your doctor, your plan and save money? On the economy, you know, Buttigieg is mocking conservatives. If, if we're all crazy socialists, then the American people are, too. Well, the American people vote for anybody on this stage, they would be crazy socialists. And they'd be literally voting their economic demise again. And judge then invoking Christian scripture. To argue for an increased minimum wage, then then Marianne Williamson's America's sociopathic economic system is heartless. No, there's never been a system, Marianne Williamson, that's ever created more prosperity than our system and wealth and opportunity than our system. Then the issue of reparations, anything less than 100 billion is an insult. Um, And then the weird you know, answers, I mean, it just is, this is your modern democratic
1: party. Senator Grassley, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee says that there are seven memos. He says four of them are classified. Is that right? I don't know, because I don't have the memos, I don't know exactly how many there are. Some may be memos, some may be emails. There's somewhere between five and ten, it may be seven, it may be eight, I don't remember. And I think some of them, I know when I created some of them they were classified, but I don't know how many of that group. One of them is, uh, the classified one, is obviously from when you told President Trump in Trump Tower about what was in that two-page annex about the Steele dossier, the summary of what was in the Steele dossier. What would the other classified ones be about? Well, I can't answer that if they're classified.
0: Oh, I can't answer that if they're classified. All right, we're going to get back to last night's debate. Uh, We'll have full coverage of tonight's debate, 9 Eastern on Hannity on Fox. Uh, Also, the other story we are covering, a lot is going on behind the scenes on the periphery that are going to result in crescendo into massive news. That I can tell you. But Judicial Watch has some great news today, breaking as it relates to investigating the investigators. They were able to get new documents, Freedom of Information uh, Act requests that uh, show that FBI agents actually went to Comey's home to retrieve the memos. And they got six pages of records from the FBI showing that in June of 2017, that's a month after FBI Director Comey was fired by the president, that the FBI agents visited Comey's home and collected as evidence, quote unquote, four memos that allegedly detail conversations that he had with President Trump. One of the memos written on June 6th, a month after he was fired. When Comey was fired on by Trump May 9, 2017. Now, don't forget, he started signing off these FISA applications in October 2016 even though he was warned that they were not verified. And we now know unverifiable. And we also know that the FBI later created a spreadsheet uh, before he got fired that showed that, well, 90 plus percent of the dossier was made up lies. And with all this talk about, oh, Russia wanted to interfere in the elections to help Donald Trump. Well, it appears if The New York Times is right, that it was Russian, meaning the Clinton bought and paid for dossier was Russian disinformation from the get-go. Anyway, joining us to discuss all of this, we uh, welcome back to the program Tom Fitton. He's the president of Judicial Watch. John Solomon is an investigative reporter, executive director of The Hill. Thank you both for being with us. Uh, Tom, let's talk about uh, how come we never knew the FBI actually raided Comey's home to get evidence before now.
4: (laughs) Well, it certainly wasn't guns drawn. It was scheduled ahead of time by uh the documents suggests. oh you
0: Chinese mean the way was, they usually do things in other words the, he didn't get the manafort treatment he didn't get the roger stone treatment he's fired from the fbi for misconduct and they get wind of the fact he has the fbi files on president trump to
4: include potentially classified materials so they scheduled a meeting with him and that's the sort of uh Benny, that's the sort of uh Special kid bloods treatment that the deep state gives its own. Uh, but it's an indication that there was a crime at play here, uh, which was the illegal taking of the memos to begin with, the illegal leaking of them uh, to get his friend. Mr. Mueller admitted he's his friend in the testimony last week appointed as special counsel. Well,
0: that's pretty unbelievable. Uh, What else can you tell us about this? Because, look, I I would say the lowest hanging fruit and the least... The issue that I'm probably least interested in at this point is the issue of Comey and the Espionage Act and whether or not, which he might have violated, very likely violated, when he leaked uh, government documents to his professor friend so that it would be leaked to the, uh, the New York Times so then a special counsel would be appointed. All of that he's admitted to, right? So, But that, to me, is the low-hanging fruit.
4: Well, the fact that the fruit hasn't been eaten yet uh, tells you uh, volumes about uh, the inability to hold these folks accountable. I mean, it's much more difficult to charge him with crimes related to, uh, you know, sending people uh, pursuing leads on so-called counterintelligence matters. There's all sorts of cover there, however weak it may be. Here he's admitting to leaking documents as part of a vendetta, uh, essentially against President Trump. And, uh, you know, that to me is an easy crime to prosecute. And, you know, the Privacy Act protects the president. Uh, you know, if it was your FBI files taken from the FBI or uh, mishandled by Comey and then leaked, uh, you anyone uh, would be prosecuted for that or at least ought to be prosecuted for it. And I, and I hope that the attorney general and uh his colleague up in Connecticut are seriously looking at this. And uh, you know, and again, just compare and contrast this kid this kid glove soft raid with what happened at Manafort and Stone.
0: Well, I think it gets a little more interesting, too, because it now shows FBI agents go to his home and to retrieve the memos. That means that in many ways, probably there's been more of an investigation, uh, John Solomon, into Jim Comey than anybody knows, uh, because he does have questions to ask. How many times he was warned that the dossier was unverified how many times was he warned that Hillary paid for it how many times was he warned that Christopher Steele had an agenda against Donald Trump uh why did he sign the first FISA application if in fact he knew all of those things uh were out there and we now know that Christopher Steele doesn't stand behind his own dossier but again he signed it anyway so you know where do you think the investigation in regards to Comey is at this particular time if there even is one
5: well, as, as I've mentioned on your show many times, the inspector general is in the final phases of finishing an investigation into James Comey's leaking, specifically the documents that are referred to in the great, in the great information that Tom and Judicial Watch got out today. Uh, I believe that investigation is now complete. I believe it will be very harsh on uh, James Comey's conduct. Uh, you won't hear the level of self righteousness from Comey after this report comes out that you might have heard in his tweets before. Uh, I think that there will be some disappointment among conservatives about the decision of the Justice Department whether to pursue criminal charges. But I want to
0: point out something. Oh, very- stop right there. Because I've yeah. heard the same exact thing you've heard that there's going to be evidence that he knew that what he presented to the FISA co- court was a fraud that there were probably criminal charges recommended, and you're saying that the attorney general might not charge him? I think that is a
5: likely outcome of what's going to happen. But I want to point out something that Tom's great documents today don't have, and I think it's a sign of the potential exposure that James Comey still has going forward. If you look at the interview the FBI agent did in conjunction with this, there is nowhere in there where Comey tells the FBI agent, hey, I didn't just take these to my house and you're retrieving them. I forwarded them on to other people, including one who leaked it to the media and, and some to my lawyers. That omission that's in that document, you can see no, no mention of that. Tom, you didn't see any mention of that in there, right? I did I didn't no, when I read that.
4: And the interview, I think, was the day before
5: his testimony
4: where he admitted
5: it. It's very significant that that, that could be uh, viewed as deceptive, dishonest, misleading, not forthcoming in the investigation of James Comey you would think after being caught with these documents at his home he would be honest about where he sent them next. Hey I didn't just take them I did pass them on a little bit there's no evidence in that interview and I think that that is going to be a critical point about Comey's uh, willingness to work with his own agency to get right on this issue and I think in the IG report when it comes out that sort of behavior is going to be highlighted as unbecoming of a former director of the FBI so I think Tom great job on these documents they really give us insight and I think they also are a roadmap to the potential liabilities that James Comey has, both in the court of public opinion and maybe one day in the court of law.
4: You know, and quickly, Sean, we it's difficult to overstate how important this document leak was. Illegal violation of the president's uh, civil rights and is and as, uh, uh, as maybe subject to criminal prosecution if justice is being served. No Mueller leak, no special counsel. It's the original sin of the Mueller special counsel. It was how it was corruptly formed. This is the this is the lodestar to how uh, the special counsel was launched against President Trump. This illegal leak of the documents.
0: Well, I'm all right. So, but there's no other vulnerabilities here as well for Comey. I mean, let's go back to what I was just mentioning. all right Well, and that's, and that's he knew that. What he presented and what he signed off as verified, he knew that it was not verified. We now know it was unverifiable. So is he going to be held accountable for what has to be now premeditated fraud perpetrated on a FISA court to obtain a warrant not only to spy on Carter Page and deny him his civil liberties and constitutional rights, uh, but also was an attempt to spy in spite of him saying we don't spy yes he did uh on the opposition party candidate and then of course lied to Donald Trump in January 2017 when he said it's unverified and salacious is he still vulnerable legally there in other words is there is there more exposure on that side misusing your
4: misusing your position and disseminating and uh uh, using classified, author- classified information and using classified authorities for political purposes is a crime. And uh, that is kind of the key issue, I think, that ought to be the subject of investigation by Durham. People like Strzok, Page, Comey, McCabe, Brennan, people like that, uh, it, if their decision was uh, to spy on Trump and target his campaign, uh, that the, the dossier was merely pretextual it was an anti-Trump effort, uh, then then that's a crime, and you know, to me, this leak shows you that he was willing to go there. The mendacious ways in which he handled these files, sensitive and classified, privacy act protected FBI files of President Trump, is it any surprise or is it hard to, to stretch one's mind to think that maybe uh, he did something similarly illegal in targeting him uh, when he was a right, uh, Stay FBI right there.
0: Director? I, I want to ask John his thoughts on the exposure on specifically that issue and what other exposure might exist. All right, as we continue, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch, John Solomon executive vice president, investigative reporter at The Hill. Uh, all right, so we were talking about the exposure. Number one, the FBI got the documents that never should have been in Comey's possession at his house. All right, you think he's going to get a pass on that. What about the exposure as it relates to the FISA applications that he signed, now knowing that they were unverifiable and then lying about it? Uh, does How much exposure does he have there, John Solomon, and what other exposure might he have
5: criminally? The cat I think there is a significant evidence in my sources tell me that in the last few weeks, the IG and the Barr-Durham investigations have finally located documents that I think Devin Nunez has talked about previously on your show and that I've talked about on your show, Sean, this chain of FBI emails in the fall of 17, uh, 16 that suggests the FBI knew of the problems with steel before they submitted the, the document. Uh, in addition, the State Department documents we uncovered just about a month ago obviously caused an entire reopening of parts of the investigation investigation. I think if you look at what Barr may have done here, which is declined prosecution on a technical violation of handling uh, classified information in these memos, he may have made that decision because there may be a bigger issue at hand here, which is the FBI's conduct. And that would make a lot of sense. You don't bring a small case if you're building a bigger case. And so I think there'll be some disappointment among conservatives when they see how the IG investigation ended on Comey related to these memos. But I think the signs are pointing toward a very serious investigation with potential culpability for many leaders of the FBI and Justice Department related to that FISA and other activities. When are, when are we going to get the
0: be. indictments if they're ever going to come? Because, you know, in my heart of hearts, all of these people that we have, and you've been a big part of exposing, and Tom's been a big part of it, and Greg and, and others, and so many others, Joe and, and Victoria, and I, the list goes on. How many of these people are going to pay the price How many of these people are going to be indicted, in your view, and when are we going to start seeing that? And how deep does this go into the Obama White House with Brennan, Clapper, and Loretta Lynch, and maybe Biden-Obama? What did they know? When when did they know it?
5: So I'm going to be the careful journalist that I'm trained to be, which is it's too early to make a prediction on that. yet. And here's why. We don't even know all the facts yet. I think when declassification occurs, when the bar and IG reports come out, when the Comey memo investigation comes out in a few weeks, we're going to know a lot more. We can make good assessments. I'll, I'll give one word of caution, which even goes to today's is, is suggestion that there's not going to be prosecution of Comey on these memos. The Justice Department long has had a hard time prosecuting its own people. It's, it's just a difficult thing. They don't do it well. Uh, I think the threshold's got to be high. Now, there's a lot of evidence of wrongdoing in this case, but until we know all of it, it's hard to understand whether there's a prosecutive decision ahead or not. The first step is to watch and see if a grand jury's impaneled. If there is in Washington, then you know Barr is serious about pursuing criminal charges against those involved in the FISA.
0: And what is your last thought, uh, Tom Fitton, Judicial Watch?
4: Uh, we need justice uh, in all ways possible. Uh, and the idea that there would be findings of, as John suggests, criminal misconduct uh, by uh, the FBI director, Comey, and there'd be no prosecution would be a front to the rule of law. And, and uh, just reaffirm that there are two uh, sets of rules uh, for the deep state. Oh, no, It's going to
0: guarantee Trump that Rome. it'll happen again because there are no consequences ever. That's what it will do. That's right.
4: Hillary gets off and then comey gets off and it would be uh, extremely disappointing to uh, millions right. and millions of americans
0: thank you both we'll have more on hannity tonight also we'll have reaction a part two of the crazy leftist new green deal democrats debate tonight Kamala, crazy, creepy, sleepy Uncle Joe. We'll get to that when we come back. We'll check in with Joe Concha about last night's debate. We'll get Bill O'Reilly's take and uh, we'll get to your calls. 800-941-SHAWN is on number as we continue.
6: But you are calling for up to $500 billion in financial assistance. What makes you qualified to determine how much is owed in reparations?
3: Well, first of all, it's not $500 billion in financial assistance. It's $500 billion, $200 to $500 billion dollars 200 to 500000000000 dollars payment of a debt that is owed. That is what reparations is. We need some deep truth telling when it comes. We don't need another commission to look at evidence. I appreciate what uh, Congressman O'Rourke has said. It is time for us to simply realize that this country will not heal. All that a country is is a collection of people. People heal when there's some deep truth telling. We need to recognize that when it comes to the economic gap between blacks and whites in America, it does come from a great injustice that has never been dealt with. That great injustice has had to do with the fact that there was 250 years of slavery followed by another 100 years of domestic terrorism. What makes me qualified to say 200 to 500 billion dollars? I'll tell you what makes me qualified. If you did the math the 40 acres and a mule, given that there was 4 to 5 million slaves at the end of, of, of the Civil War, there were four to five, and they were all promised 40 acres and a mule for every family of four. If you did the math today, it would be trillions of dollars, and I believe that anything less than $100 billion is, is an insult, and I believe that $200 to $500 billion is, is politically feasible today because so many Americans realize there is an injustice that continues to form a toxicity underneath the surface an emotional turbulence Ms. that Williams only said, reparations can Thank will you be. very much. We have to
7: respond to all of these changes. And, uh, you know, in addition to confronting tech,
8: in addition to supporting workers by doubling unionization, as I propose to do, some of this is low tech, too. Like the minimum wage is just too low. And so-called conservative
7: Christian senators right now in the Senate are blocking a bill to raise the minimum wage when scripture says that whoever oppresses the poor taunts their maker.
2: Senator Warren, you say the provision making illegal border crossings a crime is totally Unnecessary. Please respond. So the problem is that right now the criminalization statute is what gives Donald Trump the ability to take children away from their parents. It's what gives him the ability to lock up people at our borders. We need to continue to have border security and we can do that. But what we can't do is is not live our values. I've been down to the border. I have seen the mothers. I have seen the cages of babies. We must be a country that every day lives our values. And that means we cannot make it a crime when someone comes here. Just to clarify, would you decriminalize illegal border crossings? The point is not about criminalization. That has given Donald Trump the tool to break families apart.
1: Senator Warren, at the beginning of the night, said that Democrats cannot cannot win the White House with small ideas and spinelessness. In the last debate, she said, the politicians who are not supporting Medicare for all simply lack the will to fight for it.
6: You do not support Medicare for all. Is Senator Warren correct? Do you just not lack the will to fight
3: for Uh, it? That is incorrect. I just have a better way to do this. The author
9: of the
1: Medicare
9: bill, let me clear up one thing. As people talk about having insurance, There are millions of people who have insurance, they can't go to the doctor, and when they come out of the hospital, they go bankrupt, all right? What I am talking about, and others up
0: here are talking about, is no deductibles and no copayments. And Jake, your question is a Republican talking point. At the end of the day, and by the way, and
1: by the way, by the way, the healthcare industry will be advertising tonight on this program thank you senator
0: all right there you have more fallout yep that was the uh democratic party debate can somebody tell uh, elizabeth warren that there are no cages of babies that they don't exist that donald trump is not taking children away from their parents just because you say it does not make it so or buddha judge trying to use a biblical phrase to justify total complete confiscation and redistribution of wealth. And then, of course, we've got Marianne Williamson and the dark days, uh, psychic forces in America and the The emotional turbulence, um, et cetera, et cetera, on the American psyche. Anyway, 25 now till the top of the hour. Joining us, well, 24 now till the top of the hour. Joining us now is Joe Concha. He is a host on uh, WOR Radio in New York and also, well, a writer for The Hill, the media critic. How are you?
7: I'm doing great, Sean. I'm really exhausted already from night one and we get night two tonight and the numbers are just coming in only 8.7 million people tuned in to cnn uh just to put that in comparison for the first republican debate in 2016 that was on fox 24 million tuned in for that so uh this is certainly a big drop off from even the first democratic debate that was in miami last month where they drew uh more than twice that number well
0: what do you what do you think that says for example there was an energy to the Obama experience because, and I think it was a guy that read a good teleprompter, and peop, and he said the right things, and it was very slogany and no specifics, and nobody in the media wanted to dare vet the guy, and hope and change, hope and change, hope and change, and yes we can, and yes we can, and people got excited, but the only person I see that can sustain the enthusiasm that is pretty much unprecedented in modern times, there's nobody close to Donald Trump. Is there anybody that you see that is capable of getting the kind of energy that would be needed to show that there's a movement to elect them?
7: Could I see, Sean, for instance, 20,000, 25,000 people going to a stadium, going to an arena, packing it, standing outside if they don't get in? For any of the Democratic candidates right now, no, I do not. Uh, If Joe Biden is the front runner, he's certainly the least electric. He's one of the most old. He's white. He's establishment. That doesn't exactly fit all the boxes.
0: And Joe's going to get hit again on his past positions on race and and everything else. And, you know, where I would hit him is that they, they should say, that Joe Biden's economy failed but I don't think they're going to do that
7: no I don't think so if you're saying they as far as other Democrats no they'll, they'll go after the identity politics part of Joe Biden and his record from the 90s and, and the 80s
0: Well, okay was, here's well, his uh, answer Trump though if debate. Barack Sorry, Obama picked me as his VP that's all I need how does that go over
7: <laughs> I don't think very well, because the guy who picked him to be VP hasn't endorsed him. And they're not only supposed to be people that work together for eight years at the highest level of government, but best friends, right? They even have bracelets to prove it. And yet Barack Obama has not endorsed him. You could make a political argument as to why, but I'm sorry if that's my vice president and he's one of my best friends. I break the rules and I go ahead and I endorse him. But to your first question, did I see a president up there last night? Were any of them likable? Were any of them not angry? Uh, Uh, I don't think so. They're playing to a Twitter crowd at this point, Sean, which is perpetually angry, and ultimately optimism is what wins elections, and that's what Donald Trump bought, quite frankly, in 2016, make America great again, not America's horrible, and we're going to try to save it. That doesn't quite fly with independent voters.
0: All right, so the fact that this is only 8.5 million, and Republicans at this time were getting 24 million viewers means what? Does, does that mean that the enthusiasm and the interest level is that low?
7: Boy, that's a good question. I mean, you can make the argument, well, the debates are split up, so the audiences are split up. I would argue that the people that tuned in last night, Tuesday night, are the same people who are going to tune in Wednesday, so I don't think, I don't think it's two different audiences. Uh, no, I think around Donald Trump there's a curiosity, certainly. Hey, how's this businessman, this reality show star, how's he going to do against 17 other Republican candidates, seasoned one, for that matter, whether you're talking Kasich or Bush or Cruz? and uh, That was in Cleveland. Uh, so there was a curiosity factor, but more a star power factor. And I hate to say it, but that's half of what uh, elections come down to these days. You know, Reagan was a great orator. You could say Bill Clinton was charming, a good orator. Obviously, Barack Obama as well. George W. Bush, the guy you would have a beer with if he drank, of course. Uh, So you, you look at all the past candidates, you need that star quality to a certain extent. And honestly, even though there's 25 people to choose from, I don't see one on the Democratic side that has that quality. And that means something because optics, as you know, is very important, particularly when TV fuels so much of these candidacies.
0: At the end of the day, I don't see anybody on the on the outside breaking through, but you never know. Something could happen. So that means it's either Joe, Sleepy, Creepy, Crazy Uncle Joe, or Kamala Harris, or, let's see, Crazy Bernie, or Elizabeth Warren, One, 1,024. Um, it's going to be one of those four. Well, maybe Marianne Williamson, maybe she will <laughs> cause a spiritual awakening in the country, and we'll get in touch with our psychic selves, and maybe we can have a seance and get our palms read in the meantime.
7: You know how Sean... You know how you know that last night's performance was so weak by those other candidates that were up on stage last night, or at least wasn't relatable? The fact that Mary Ann Williamson won the Drudge Poll
0: quite easily. Oh, they're okay. claiming, they're claiming well, that was rigged by, by a bunch of right-wingers. Okay. Well, then the Google trends in
7: terms of who people looked up the most easily went to Marianne Williamson. You're right. And I was watching cable news today. Everybody was applauding her. So it's not just Drudge, but it seems like she was the winner last night. And when she wins your debate, you got problems, Sean.
0: Well, the, the top search for Democratic candidates were Marianne Williamson, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Uh, I mean, Beta. I think these other people are never, never ran in the sense that I don't think they're getting any traction at all and Kamala will see tonight crazy, creepy, sleepy Uncle Joe will see tonight. Everybody's going to hope that they go at each other, but, you know, Kamala takes one position one day, goes after him in the last debate, then pulls back the next day. And the same thing with well, you can't have private insurance. Yes, you, can have insurance. you can't have private insurance. You can't have private insurance. You can't have, pri- you know, she flips and flops everywhere.
7: Yeah, she has an authenticity problem, right? She is not very principled I think that shows she was supposed to be the big winner of the first debate, and you thought she'd take off. But she's fallen back now behind Biden in the real clear politics average of polls. That's where they take eight polls. and they average. But
0: the together. bottom line they're is— 20 points behind. Look, still. They, so they got no traction out of that one, Sean. They all support—they're all going to run—whoever wins is going to run on hating Trump, and right. they're going to run on some version of socialism in America. And it's going to mean higher taxes— you know, And this is the bottom line. It's going to be a weak foreign policy. It's going to be free health care for illegal immigrants. Walls are immoral. Maybe tear down walls. And it's going to be basically everything is free. And we're going to rob from the rich, give to the poor, and some version of the new Green Deal. The positions are clear now. And I don't think they get to back off them once one of them emerges as the nominee.
7: Right, and I think if you're President Trump, you continue to hammer the Baltimore argument, I'm calling it, and that is, if Democrats are saying that they can run health care better than private insurance companies, well then, how is it exactly that even the government of Baltimore that gets billions of dollars, 16 billion dollars, can't even pick up the garbage? In other words, if they can't do that simple job right, how are they going to run something as complex as health care? How are they going to save the planet Again, If you can't save Baltimore from rats, that's a very easy argument to make. And once it comes down to capitalism versus socialism and big government versus small government, that's a very easy argument for President Trump to make. I don't care who he's running against.
0: I got to take a break. Uh, we'll come back. 800 941 Sean Toferi, telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, as we continue, Joe Concha is a media writer for The Hill, a friend of the show, also on WOR New York. Uh, All right, so we expect this back and forth. What I don't like about the media coverage of this, oh, it was the moderates against the more extreme members up on stage. There's not one moderate running. Everyone will raise taxes. Everyone will adopt a version of the new Green Deal. Every single Democrat that is in this primary will take this country solidly. To the hard left. Uh, and just because some are even more Looney Tunes left, that doesn't make it justified. There's no moderates in the Democratic Party, no moderate that I see running for president.
7: Yeah, I think you want to go, Sean, instead, the uh, progressives or the liberals versus the relatively moderate. Right? <laughs> because I, I don't think that you can call uh, any of the candidates that are up there moderate. I think of Joe Biden, you probably could at one point, maybe back in the 90s, but obviously the positions that he has taken since he started running here in 2020, whether that's giving illegal immigrants... Healthcare and down the line, uh, I don't think you can even call him moderate anymore, but that's the way they're branding it. But either way, it seems that the far left is winning in media circles because they have the more feel-good story, even if they can't explain how they're going to pay for all the feel-good stuff. And those are the ones that are going to have the wind at their back from a media perspective, the Warrens, the Sanders, the Harrises, and then Biden has such a big lead, perhaps he wins it anyway. But those three candidates, I think, have the most momentum from a media love perspective,
0: Sean. Uh, well, let me ask you this. As of today... The 31st of July, 2019, who do you think wins this nomination? I think it'll be a combination.
7: I don't know who's on top and who's on bottom, but Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, I think those are your two. I think you'll have an all-female ticket, because that's just the way the Democratic Party wants it at this point. I, that's the only I uh, I, I think it's
0: going to... Look, I think the people in the running, I think, are sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe. I agree Kamala Harris is a close second, more likely than the others to win the nomination. Not really far behind her is Elizabeth with Warren, and then you got Crazy Bernie. Uh, they just steal it from him, and he would take it like the last time. Uh, so I think those are the four people to watch out for.
7: I agree. And by the way, I like Jeb Biden. I don't know why anybody's not picking that nickname up. I was very proud of that one.
0: Jeb Biden, that would be you. Um, <laughs> Thanks. All right. Joe Concha, thank you. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, You want to be a part of the program. Bill O'Reilly, will get his take on this crazy debate, and your calls coming up next hour. We'll have full coverage of the debate tonight uh, right out of the box, 9 Eastern, on Hannity uh, and the highlights on the Fox News Channel. Tune in at nine, you're not gonna wanna miss it. Straight ahead. This city is turning around because the government and the private sector are working well
6: together. That has to be our model going forward. We need to encourage collaboration between the government, the private sector, and the nonprofit sector, and focus on those kitchen table, pocketbook issues that matter to hard-working Americans, building infrastructure, creating jobs, improving their pay, you, creating universal health care, lowering drug prices. We can do it.
2: You know, I don't understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for president of the United States just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. <laughs>
6: We wanna turn now to the issue of race in America. Congressman O'Rourke, President Trump is pursuing a re-election strategy based in part on racial division. How do you convince primary voters that you'd be the best nominee to take on President Trump and heal the racial divide in America? Last week, the FBI director Christopher Wray said that the majority of domestic terrorism cases this year have been motivated by white supremacy. In fact, the alleged shooter in this weekend's attack in Gilroy, California referenced a well known white supremacist book on social media. How are you going to combat the rise of white supremacy? What do you say to those Trump voters who prioritize the economy? over the president's bigotry. Speaking of reparations, Ms. Williams, Ms. Williamson, many of your opponents support a commission to study the issue of reparations for slavery, but you are calling for up to $500 billion in financial assistance. What makes you qualified to determine how much is owed in reparation? Senator Sanders, you don't think cash payments are the best way to address this issue, but according to a new Gallup poll, 73% of African Americans are in favor of cash payments to black Americans who are descendants of slaves. How do you respond to them?
3: This is part of the dark underbelly of American society, the racism, the bigotry and the entire that we're having here tonight. If you think any of this wonkiness is going to deal with this dark psychic force of the collectivized hatred that this president is bringing up in this country, then I'm afraid that the Democrats are going to see some very dark days. We need to say it like it is. It's bigger than Flint. It's all over this country. It's particularly people of color. It's particularly people who do not have the money to fight back. And if the Democrats don't start saying it, then why would those people feel that they're there for us? And if those people don't feel it, they won't vote for us. And Donald Trump will win.
0: All right. That from the uh, Democratic debate, if that's what you want to call it, last night uh, in Detroit, we've been going through the phenomenon, which is very obvious. Liberal cities, the most liberal cities in America, we see the most poverty, the most misery a mile away from Nancy Pelosi's office in one direction, a mile away from her gated community in the other direction. We have drug addicts openly shooting up in the streets needles are everywhere there's no place for the homeless and the drug addicts to go to the bathroom so they're urinating and defecating right there in the street not particularly beautiful uh then the encampments now in los angeles have gotten bigger the president well we've been through all the statistics now on baltimore and none of them are any good and the same with detroit Uh, but now what has failed so miserably on the local level after decades and decades of liberal democratic rule... Well, now they want to institutionalize locally. If you listened last night, everything on the issues of race and reparations and taxes and 70% top marginal rates for individuals, 90% top rates for corporations, wealth taxes uh, that they want. Everything's going to be free, some version of the new Green de- green Deal, the climate doomsday that we heard last night, O'Rourke claiming that uh, Beto Bozo... Uh, I listen to the scientists on this. They're very clear. We don't have more than 10 years to get this right. And then you got little old Mayor Pete judge telling us, science tells us we have 12 years before we reach the horizon of catastrophe. Uh, and, of course, then you've got Marianne Williamson and Trump and dark psychic forces. Uh, anyway, and then, of course, free health care, Medicare for all, uh, free health care for illegal immigrants, and it's only the beginning. All right, joining us now for his insights into this, well, circus, if you want to call it that, is uh, Bill O'Reilly. All things O'Reilly are on BillO'Reilly.com. You know, I, I know Bill O'Reilly, and this is what I'm thinking. Bill O'Reilly's watching this debate, and the real cynic Bill O'Reilly comes out, and you're saying, What the hell am I watching?
1: Well, talk about a dark psychic force. Here I am. I'm here. This is it. <laughs> well, we'll call you. Are you going to be Darth Vader O'Reilly? Is that what you're yeah, saying? <laughs> I, I, when Mary Ann said that, I went, uh, you should have invited me here. I, you could have just cut, you know, CNN could have cut to me in the audience. I would have waved. And yeah, there is dark psychic force. Um, you know, I watched it because I have to analyze it on BillOReilly.com and on uh, the radio affiliates that we have. And I uh, felt that there was a big split um, between the radical socialists and I put Beto O'Rourke in that category along with Bernie and uh, Warren um, and then the other ones who are afraid of the radical socialists but are basically saying to the audience hey I hope you're not buying all this because it's never going to happen and if it did happen uh, we'd be Venezuela I'll be happy to explain that if
8: you want me to
1: No, no
0: well, you see I know I, I, the only thing I'm taking a little issue with is, I mean, you're saying the radical and more moderate, and I know people have characterized it that way, but the more moderate Democrats, they still want the new Green Deal bill. They, they still want everything that's radical. They're just either unwilling to say it or they're saying it in a watered-down fashion, but they're not disagreeing.
1: Well, that's true, and they're not disagreeing with open borders, they're not disagreeing with reparations, because they're afraid. Well, so,
0: well, if you're afraid to speak your mind, Bill, how do you become the president of the United know. States?
1: So Ryan Delaney, Hickenlooper, Bullock, um, Klobuchar, those five um, wouldn't go the crazy route, but they don't have a chance. They don't so if you if you're going to stand up to the radical left in this country today they're going to tear you to pieces because the media will help them do that so whereas guys like you and i are fairly realistic let me use that word realistic in what we know can and can not happen in america Right. okay uh... if we go against as the, as uh, Delaney said, the fairy tale rhetoric, then we're racists or misogynists. So if I say Elizabeth Warren, the senator from Massachusetts, is out of her freaking mind, which she is, right? I'm a misogynist, even though I can back up what I say. When I would point out that if Ms. Warren were elected president, she would attempt to have the federal government. Run the private economy. She would take over forcefully corporations. That's what you have in a socialist country. That's what Venezuela, Cuba, China, Vietnam, that's what they all do. They run the economy. So I'm going I'm to point this out that A, that's unconstitutional, B, it will never happen, C, if it did happen, the American economy would collapse and there'd be violence in the streets. But if I said any of that and backed it up with historical facts, I'd be still be a misogynist.
0: You know, look, it, the, the, but the thing is, is here's what I'm going to I'm trying to understand how they go get it. Get around these facts. The economy that was Biden, Obama is what it is. And eight years of failure. You can't you can't take away the fact that. 13 million more Americans ended up on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. Lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. Worst recovery since the 40s. More debt than all 43 presidents combined. And the failure of Obamacare. On foreign policy, you've got, of course, the mullahs in Iran. They got $150 billion and you try to bribe mullahs and they got a horrible deal. So how do, how do we bifurcate, separate... Those eight years with the two and a half years of success, the best employment situation since 1969, record low unemployment for every demographic group. How do you how do you argue against successful policies and failed policies?
1: Because they, the radical left, have banished the Obama administration. They they banished it. You don't. You didn't hear it once last night. Okay,
0: now, but well, you Biden's but you've been you've been thinking that Biden still pulls this out, and
1: yeah, and Biden, I think he's got Biden a good will, shot. We'll use the Obama card, but the radical leftists they they don't use it. So what they were telling the American people in a, in a segment, and the people believe it, is that the economy is not good. So the American economy is not good. I mean, Sanders and Warren were there all day long on that. Uh, So is O'Rourke. But O'Rourke is out. He's finished last
0: night. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking Mary Ann Williams now emerges as a real leader in the Democratic Party. And I think psychic forces are going to be the future of America. Well, I think we're going to have a mass seance as a a country. We'll all hold hands at the same time, Bill. And, you know,
1: I I object to Mary Ann's uh, policy that all of us would have to buy wind chimes. I, that's an intrusion. I don't want to buy a wind chime.
0: Well, you don't want to sit through a seance, do you? I mean, uh, Marianne no, Williamson. She wants me to buy a wind chime, and, and I'm not going to do it. So I think know, the Marianne wind chime would be good inside your is. house. I mean, because when the wind blows, you'll know it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> you know climate change is occurring right before your ear you're
1: hearing it right in your ears well in real time about, if if the world's going to end in 10 years okay i i got to pay my mortgage you know why i'm going to refinance because uh, you know, i'm going to get every nickel now because in 10 years, the house is going to be like the Wizard of Oz. It's going to be zipping no, around. If we're, well, tornado, that's a good point. I'm going to be, you know, say, look. But,
0: O'Reilly, know, if yeah. the world's going to end in 10 years, why don't we all just say blanket and we'll throw one hell of a big party for 10 straight years and go out and have fun? Well, I'm
1: already doing that, Hannity. You know that. Right?
0: Yeah, and I know, and I resent the hell out of your life. I really do. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pounding away and grinding away, and you abandon the ship.
1: That's right. I'm I'm uh, I'm with Frankie Avalon and Netflix <laughs> on the beach, and, and that's what I'm doing. And, oh. and Marianne and and Beto and, and Buttigieg, they all said, "Hey, you know, why why break your back when the uh, oceans are going to overrun us?" And
0: here's this: they all support some version of the Green New Deal. They all want higher taxes. They all want reparations. They all want leftist judges. They all want the old, typical, democratic, womb-to-the-tomb, cradle-to-grave uh-huh. society where they're going to redistribute wealth. There's, there is no moderation that I see, so I I kind of take well, a little you know, issue with well, that.
1: To be fair, Ryan Delaney, Hickenlooper, Bullock, Klobuchar, they're, they're not buying in. But as we discussed, they're too afraid to stick up. They have no so, shot. Everybody should know One real important thing, the Green New Deal really doesn't have anything to do with climate change. It Ocasio- have to do yeah. With that.
0: Well, by the way, Ocasio Cortez's chief of staff even said those words. Oh, when we put this together, it had nothing to do
1: with climate change no, at all. It has to do with giving the central government in Washington so much power that the individual American is going to be told what to do on a daily basis in his or her own life. That's what the Green New Deal is. Empowering a federal government in Washington to run
0: everything. All right, quick break. More with Bill O'Reilly. BillO'Reilly.com for all things O'Reilly. As uh, we continue, we'll get to your calls. Final half hour, 800 941 Sean. Toll free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Great Hannity tonight. We'll tell you more about that coming up straight ahead. All right, as we continue, Bill O'Reilly with us. BillO'Reilly.com. We're talking about last night's debate. Um, Is there anybody that stood out in your view that could possibly maybe somehow kind of break through and we're not seeing it? Is it is it, for example, Marianne Williamson?
1: No, Marianne Williamson. What about the, what about the, the mayor, Pete Buttigieg? He'll be um, in a year or 18 months. He'll be hosting a program on CNN. <laughs> no, I'm curious. I don't think I don't disagree at all. That's where he's going. He knows he's not going to win. Right. But Buttigieg, you'll get a million-dollar contract to uh, be in prime time on CNN. You mark
0: my words. All right, so the, we, let me ask you a TV question. So they got okay. good ratings last night, about 10 million people, a little less than yes. 10 million. Okay, that's fine. But if you go back to 2015, when it was the Republicans and Donald Trump was on the scene— It was 22 million. So I know everyone's saying, oh, this is huge. This shows excitement. Is there anybody that you see that has a little bit of the Obama or Trump wow factor and the ability to draw big crowds?
1: No, no. Trump can put 20,000 in an arena because he's entertaining and he's provocative. None of the Democratic candidates could come close to doing that. None of them.
0: And you're standing by your prediction. It's going to be Joe.
1: Yeah. Watch Biden tonight. Okay. Watch the drama tonight. And they'll have 13 to 14 million viewers tonight on CNN. So somebody's going to go after him. I don't think it's going to be Senator Harris. But somebody's going to go after him, and they're going to ram his tough-on-crime legislation that he championed in the 1990s down his throat. And the overarch is going to be... You're a bad, evil white man, and you are responsible for uh, young blacks being in prison at a record rate.
0: All right, I'll tell you that's what. I got a I, I got a roll. It's BillO'Reilly.com, and I know when, it, when is your birthday.
1: Uh, coming up in September.
0: Good. I'm getting you wind chimes for your birthday, and I'm going to see if I can get Marianne <laughs> well, Williamson. Me I'm gonna, no, no, no. Nice. I'm, I'm going to get them, and I'm going to see if Marianne Williamson will autograph them for you. <laughs> All right, He's O'Reilly. Thoughtful, what a thoughtful guy! I'm a, I, I'm a generous, thoughtful guy. Who else would have thought of that? All right, yeah, Bill. No one, that's that, for sure. Thank you, sir. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls here in a second. Um, last year on this program, we introduced somebody to you that was celebrating his 100th birthday and uh the man is incredible and uh you might remember him. his name is Elwood or Woody Snell and by the way he's now 101 years old and he served his country in in World War II part of a fight flight crew and navigator who flew the quote hum through the Himalayan mountains to China And Burma, starting in India, stationed in India for a number of years, and, I mean, just an amazing track record and amazing service to his country. He said the experience of doing that, number one, has made him more deep in his faith, which is Christianity, a deeply devoted American patriot who loves this country. And uh, now he has hit another milestone at 101, and we wanted to say happy birthday again to uh, Woody I guess I figure, you know, we're going to be doing this for the next 20, 30 years while I'm on the air and then I'll pass away and somebody else will have to interview you and you'll still be here. How are you, sir? Happy birthday.
9: Hello. It's always an honor to hear your voice, sir.
0: Did you get a lot of reaction last year when you were on the program?
9: I certainly did. A lot of people reminded me. And one person from South Carolina sent me a book that their father wrote when he was in, when they made a landing at France. Right. <laughs> and, and, sl- and they sent it. Go ahead, sir. Go and ahead. Sent, and he sent it through you. So then your company sent it to me. The only trouble is, I got macular degeneration, and I'm legally blind. So mm-hmm. I had to give it to my grandson, and he he was reading it for me.
0: You know why I like that? Because then I, I hope you at least listen to the TV show. Because I'm getting grayer, older, and fatter, and I'd rather you not see that anyway. So if you're listening to the TV show and not watching the TV show, uh, then that makes me feel better. Um, So what do you do every day? What's your average day like?
9: I get up, and and I stay with my son part of the time, and I stay with my daughter the The other part of the time. And so I get up and after breakfast, I read. I have uh, books on tape and I listen to a book or some. I have numerous books I read. And then I get on my son's treadmill and I exercise a little bit on it. And that's just about maybe. Then I go outside and sit in the sun when the warm weather's warm. So. And and I go up to the Bonefish restaurant every Tuesday night, and I have a real good time up there. Well,
0: I got to tell you, first of all, you're a great American hero. We just want to check in with you once every year, make sure you're doing okay. If you need anything from us, uh, thank you for your love of your country, your service to your country, and uh, we want to send you a little something for your birthday, and Linda's going to put that in the mail probably sometime in the next day or two, okay? And we wanted to wish you a happy birthday.
9: Thank you very much, John. Uh, you're a true American. I really
0: love you. So, uh, You're awesome. I mean, that makes me feel so good. God bless you. Thank you for who you are. And uh, I'm going to do everything possible in terms of fighting for the cause that you fought so hard for. My dad fought in World War II, and it's people like you that paid the real price. Thank you so much, sir. We stand on your shoulders.
9: Thank you very much, John. I hope to hear from you next year again when I'm 102. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the next
0: 30 years, and then when I pass away, we'll play tapes of the older versions, you know, of me interviewing you, because you're going to still be around. i am um, forget it. Well, <laughs> I love you. You're the, uh, thank you, sir. You're the best. Thank uh, you. You made thank my you day. Thank you very much. All right. God bless you. Wow, what a hero. Uh, 800 941 Sean. So we have two interns uh, in the studio today. We have interns come in all the time. But we don't always put them on the air. But this is a special case. Well, I'm just going to use your first name because you guys are... Well, Peter, how old are you? You got to speak into the microphone. 11. 11. Jack, how old are you?
10: 11 as well.
0: All right, so you're going to intern with me. You've been shadowing me all day. And you've been at the radio show all day. Now, do you like it? Is it different than you ever thought it would be? What do you think of it?
10: Um, it's a very engaging atmosphere, and I also like as a many very, posters. Wait a repeat and, that. Yeah. A
0: very engaging atmosphere. Okay. Yeah,
10: it's an engaging atmosphere.
0: Uh, and Pete, what do, you, what do you say? Peter.
11: I just think it's very cool, and it's fun to see what happens behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. Now, both of you have seen me do the TV show, right? Right. Yeah, you, and you're going to see it again tonight, and so what's the difference from your perspective, radio and TV? Peter, we'll let you answer the first one.
11: Um, I I just, I don't know.
2: I really don't know.
0: You don't know. What no. do you think, Jack? Oh, what's think the difference?
2: I think it would be the uh, very nice snacks that you got in the control room. Yeah, you, you get better food. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Geez, Peter.
0: A- Aunt Linda gives every kid, like, all the- I love the kids. She jacks them up on more sugar than they've ever had in their life. I'm sure mm-hmm. their parents are going to love hearing this. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so what do you think the difference is, Jack?
10: Well, I think it can be different in the way where it seems sort of like it can be rushed like in the back room you can see them calling, trying to get people on the show, and I feel like the TV show feels a lot more a lot calmer,
0: out. more planned. <laughs> That's actually a real a good a solid observation. We're working I can't imagine why
2: it feels so rushed.
0: Well, we have we have a
2: smaller I just don't know.
0: We have a smaller staff and radio. Um, all right. Truth, tell the truth. How many f bombs have First you heard from all, Linda that today? First of
2: that's inappropriate. Zero. 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 Yeah, we heard zero.
10: They've been very careful. They've been very yeah, careful. Yeah, they've been very careful, except for the Howard Stern part. That oh, yeah, that no. who part, said that?
0: That was you. Yeah. Of no, course. that was you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the talent. Um. Well, let me ask you now. You both like Donald Trump. Um. I know. Why do yep. you like Donald Trump?
10: I like Donald Trump because I think he's doing a lot for this country, and I think he really cares about the average American versus the, um, the other the leftists who don't really care about the average American. They're just doing whatever they can to make a bigger government, raise taxes. that's what And
0: you have been interested in politics, Jack, since you're how old?
10: Probably like six or seven, long time. (laughs) That's
0: a little, that's not the average kid. I hate to say I was a lot like that too. I mean, I'd be up, my parents would scream at me because I was listening to the radio late into the night. Uh, Peter, now you like politics, you follow politics, but you also like other things too. You're a quarterback, uh, a really good quarterback. I've seen you throw. I've actually thrown the football with you. You got a, you got a heck of an arm. Does Jack have as good an arm as you or?
11: He's just.
10: I wouldn't say for football, but he's a great hockey player.
0: Great hockey? You play ice hockey? Yeah,
10: ice what hockey. What position? Um, Normally, I play either defense, right wing. I really play anything that they put me at. Well, I was a baller.
0: center, but when we were playing, we in the beginning, we didn't even wear helmets. Then we had to wear a helmet, but we didn't wear guards or mouthpieces. Every one of my friends lost teeth except me. I mean, I came close. I was able to dodge that boat. Then I fell off a roof, and I lost a lot of them.
10: I've only lost one tooth, but that was just because of impact during, like, a practice. So right. we don't lose it because of getting the force hitting the actual tooth. Right. We might lose it from the helmet impact hitting us, or just the the tooth is loose anyway, and you just lose it from the movement.
0: You've had your and bell rung, in other words. It hurts, right? Like, whoa! <laughs> headache type. And uh, Pete, you... Peter is so good... I mean, you've been recruited now, and people are keeping an eye on you because you're such a good quarterback and football player. Is that your favorite sport now?
11: Yeah, I've been invited to a couple showcases. I've been invited to I play know. on some teams. Um, it's just been fun. I love doing
0: it. You, loved it. you love football. And you want to play college and maybe pro football? Yeah. you got to be careful. I mean, a lot of people get hurt in football. You know what the average professional football player's career is? How long?
11: Uh... No, I really don't. Three
0: and a half years.
11: Oh, I did hear about
0: that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it is. Now, then you got somebody like Tom Brady. I mean, Peyton Manning.
11: Not
0: Peyton Manning. Okay. Peyton Manning, Eli. I'm not getting into, <laughs> you know, the quarterback fight here. Um, but, um, you know, they're able to, well, you gotta have I a good. I don't know,
2: Sean. I think you should ask him what he thinks about Tom Brady because he shared it with us.
0: I don't really want to know. I don't feel oh, like. Oh, you should the... ask. Ah, oh, no. Listen, let's just forget that part. But I want to ask you this. So, do you think you're going to try to be a pro football player?
11: Uh, I guess I can try. Um, I'll you know. just see where football takes me. If... What if
0: What if you don't become a football player? What's your plan B? What would you like to do?
11: I haven't thought that part out. I've always like joked with my family to be maybe a sports announcer.
0: Why joke about it? You could do that.
11: Yeah, it sounds like fun.
0: Uh, And what do you want to do, Jack? Well,
10: I don't think sports... um, I don't think of sports as a potential career. I think it's a lot of fun and something I would want to do in college. But I've always thought about a career like maybe in the military... I love um, politics and...
0: Would you want to go to, like, West Point, Annapolis, or one of the military academies?
10: Um, I would want to go to West Point or Navy. Um, West Point, um, mm-hmm. I've been to camps there with yeah. Peter actually. You,
0: you have good grades? I know you do. You get straight A's. Do you get straight A's? He's
10: the smartest. I've, I have good grades, yeah. Have you have grade.
0: really good grades. All right. And do you like studying or no?
10: Um, I like social studies, history. That's, like, my favorite subject to study. Mm-hmm. Um, I like geography a lot, so I study maps and stuff. Um, he's wow. a human, Matt.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, guys. Well, you've done a good job so far today. Go in there, and uh, your new Aunt Linda will give you all the sugar and Jackie up for TV. Okay, Sean.
2: Real quick, don't real you quick, think? You know, just for you know, don't you think that Jack looks like a grown-up Liam? I can't stop looking at him. He looks like my Liam in seven years. I can't even.
0: I don't know yet. Maybe I want to pretend. I don't them. know. I, well, forget it. It's not going to happen. That kid. This is Linda with her kid. Liam, 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 get, stop jumping down the whole stairs. You're going to break it. Liam, Liam, one, two, what did mommy say? What did mommy say? What happens if I get to three? One, two, Linda never gets to three. She's never made three once because she just spoils his poor kid rotten. I love children. I, but spoiling children is not a good idea.
2: I'm not spoiling
0: him. I'm just giving him the best to get of my to three. ability. I got to three quick. Knock it's it. easy
2: to get to three with you forget about
0: it I, I, listen my kids learned i meant with you well okay you give your own you give your own son more flexibility that's unbelievable all right guys you can hang out here as we take some calls we got let's see uh utah kurt kurt, kurt hi how are you welcome to the program
8: sean i uh, i ate a, a apollo burger last week just want to let you know that oh um,
0: i love that place you mean crown burger
8: a Crown Burger, yes. Well, Crown Burger and Apollo Burger are like the same thing, just different names.
0: Wow! Uh, I, even
8: I told them to to name the pastrami burger after you.
0: Yeah, I think they need to. I give these people at Crown Burger more free press. I can't believe they're not an advertiser on my show. Maybe I'll just stop. Uh,
8: I'll, I'll mention that to them next time I'm in. I but
0: love hey, Crown I, Burger; it's the best one of the. And, and I love In and Out Burger. They don't advertise oh, yeah. on my show either. They should all advertise on the show. I'm telling everybody Absolutely. to go. Everybody should go Absolutely. in and say Sean Hannity sent me and see if they'll sign up.
8: Okay, I'll do it. Well, hey, I called in to uh, for two things real okay.
0: quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm
8: dating a liberal.
0: Oh boy, don't do it. I know. How long, you,
8: know. Been, how long know. you been
0: how long you how long you been dating her? Uh,
8: just over a year.
0: Okay, are you thinking of marrying this liberal?
8: Uh I I don't know. How I don't know right. yet. on a scale it's just of in 1 code,
0: that means no. On a scale of one to ten, crazy liberal, is she like a new Green Deal socialist uh, redistribution no. status liberal or.
8: No, I would say she's she's more of your moderate Democrat. There is, there's no such name. thing
0: as a moderate Democrat. Who did she vote for yeah. when Obama was running? She voted for Obama twice? Yes. Yeah, she she voted for Hillary?
8: Uh. I believe she did. Any chan- any chance won't.
0: she'll vote for Trump in 2020?
8: No, because she's met Trump before and she says she just doesn't like the way he talks.
0: Okay, so here's your here's your dilemma. And I'm going to I'm just telling you. I have seen people in the age of Trump lose friendships. I have seen there was it was a story about this the other day in one of the New York tabloids about how friendships are lost over Donald Trump. It's hilarious, but you got to think You know, really seriously, what else? I would go over what matters to you the most, where your areas of agreement are and disagreement are, and if you're looking at life in this through this Pollyannish lens, um, it's probably not going to go the way you think. My advice to anybody who's contemplating marriage, but what the hell do I know? Nothing is look at the person's worst qualities and then ask yourself how much of that can you take. Bottom line is, you know, it's not just lovey-dovey, hugs, kisses, happy, light, and fantasies, sunshine, rainbows, and cotton candy. You know, when things get tough, is there that person going to be there in the bunker with you and share your values or are you going to be fighting every single solitary night for the next, you know, for the rest of your life? I'd rather not have the fighting part. Uh, but what do I know? Right, Linda? Absolutely. All right. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News Channel. All right. We are loaded up. We are going to show every insane, crazy, nutty thing that the Democrats are and have been saying at these debates. And uh, it's out of control. We got also. Yeah. Did you know that the FBI raided former FBI Director Comey's house? Uh, we knew it. And we have all the details coming up tonight. Tom Fitton will join us. John Solomon, Greg, Joe Concha, Lawrence Jones, Bernie Carrick, 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News. See you then. And we'll be back here tomorrow.